Well, I want to talk to you for a few minutes this morning concerning, uh, well, one of the, the major tools that the enemy uses against us, and we're going we're gonna to come against that in the name of Jesus today, and that's a thing called discouragement. Uh, you may be battling with that right now. You may be, you may be in your own uh, struggle uh, at a point where you feel like that you, you just don't have much reason to go on, or maybe the enemy has convinced you that, that the Lord has denied you, denied your request, and um, I just want to tell you today that that's not true. In fact, the title of my message today is, Delay is Not Denial. Sometimes there are delays, and we don't always understand them. But I can assure you of one thing, when there is delay, God is aware and God is able to come through at the right time. We don't always understand the timing of God, but his timing is always perfect. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you this morning for your presence that we have enjoyed during the worship. Thank you for the praise that has gone up to you. Uh, by way of song and lord we just invite the presence of the holy spirit now to come and and minister to us as only you can lord i'd like to be a blessing to these folks today but i realize that within my own strength i can do very little in fact i'm nothing without you lord so i i pray for the anointing of the holy spirit to speak through us today the words of eternal life that will reach to the hearts of the people and minister as only you can in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen and amen. You're going to recognize a story from my text today. It's found in John the 11th chapter. John the 11th chapter. And I'm going to read verses 20 and 21 and then jump down to 28 and 29 and then to verse 32. And uh, kind of put the, all of those together because you can kind of get the gist of the story from there. Now Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him, but Mary was sitting in the house. Now Martha said to Jesus, I want you to notice what she said to Jesus when she met him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And when she had said these things, she went her way and secretly called Mary, her sister, saying, the teacher has come and is calling for you. As soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came to him. Then when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet saying, look what she said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Notice both these sisters are saying basically the same thing. They're using that great big word that only has two little letters. I F, if, 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 Lord, if you had been here, if you had been here, the big what if or the if only, many of the modern translations uh, use what, what uh, I read to you this morning, if only you had been here, if only you had been here. Uh, can I tell you this morning that it's just wasted effort to get hung up on the what ifs or the if onlys in life, if only. Uh, there's two great big words I think we should 
try to just drop from the English language altogether that, that only have two letters. One of them is the word if. The other is the word at. Have you ever noticed that? A-T, at. That's about the most useless word there is. Um, it, you know, you, you hear people say sometimes, I wonder where she's at. Um, it's sufficient to say, I wonder where she is. I had an, I had an uncle when I, when I was growing up that, um, that, that he was, he was kind of dogmatic on, uh, grammar. And anytime I would, I would say to him and his nickname was dude, I'd say, uncle dude, where's so-and-so at? And he had always come back at me and say, well, she's behind the at. He, he was trying to get me to just drop that. Just say, where is she? You don't have to say, where is she at? Where is at anyway? That's, that's one of those words you could just drop. The other one is that if, I-F, if, if, if. That's, that's a, a wasted word, wasted energy when, when you get. And the enemy, if you're not careful, will suck you into melancholy discouragement and get you in, in, in advanced depression if you don't watch out uh, with that word if only, if, if, if only. Um, my mother used to say to me anytime I'd use the word if or say something about if, she used a kind of an old wives' tale or, or expression that older people used back in those days. Um, I hope you don't think this is ugly. This is what she'd say to me anytime I'd say if. She'd say, yeah, if a frog had wings, he wouldn't bump his tail on the ground either. Uh, what, she, what she was trying to say to me was it's a wasted effort to struggle with what if. The fact is when you, when you use if, you're talking about something in the past and there's not anything you can do about what's in the past. Anyway, it's gone. It's, it's yesterday. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's back there. And that's what Mary and Martha is doing here to Jesus. They're saying, if, if, you, if only you had been here, this situation would, would really be different. But let, let me tell you this about your heavenly father. When he delays or what we think is a delay, uh, he always has a reason for that. In fact, this delay was on purpose, and there was a purpose behind it. And I find it's that way with any time the Lord delays. There is a reason. There is a purpose behind what he's doing. Let me say this to you this morning. God knows what you're going through, and he really cares about what you're going through. So if he delays, it's for your good and for his glory. He's, he's working something at a higher level in you. So let's look at this situation and, and see if we can ascertain what the reason for the delay was. Actually, Jesus, his delay wound up being four days. In fact, Karen Peck and New River have a song Aaron Wilburn wrote. When he's four days late, he's still on time. Anybody heard that song? I, I love that song. When he's four days late, he's still on time. God's, God's not going to miss it. Amen? Because he's got. Well, let's look, look at this one. Let's go back to the first verse of um, John chapter 11. Now, a certain man was sick. Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary, and her sister Martha. 
Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. Get the connection with his family. This was one of the closest families to Jesus in his ministry here on this earth. They were some of his closest friends. In fact, anytime Jesus was in that area, he would stop and visit with them. Most of the time, he would have a meal with them. And more often than not, he would even spend the night or two there with them, him and his disciples. They were always welcoming Jesus. They loved Jesus, and Jesus loved them. He had established a relationship over the years that had just grown and a friendship, and, and, and they were just special people to him, very, very special. And so, in fact, when Mary and Martha sent word to Jesus that Lazarus was sick, one of, one of the accounts in the gospel said, he whom thou lovest is sick. In other words, your close friend, Lazarus, close friend of Jesus. Now, in the natural, what you and me would probably do in a is just drop everything and come rushing to the need. That, isn't that what you do for your very close friends? Isn't that what you do when there's a family need? Somebody, I'm talking about somebody really close to you. And Mary and Martha and Lazarus were like family to Jesus. But it says, so when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days. Boy, isn't that strange? Instead of dropping everything and coming to the need, Jesus spends two more days. Now, that delay was for a special purpose, and we'll find it in verses 11 to 15. These things he said, and after that he said to them, he's talking to his disciples now, Jesus is, our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him up. Then his disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he'll get well. However, Jesus spoke of his death, but they thought he was speaking about taking a rest and sleep. Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. Let me, let me stop here just a moment. I love the way Jesus talks about death. Many times, more often than not, when he referred to death, he'd just talk about somebody's sleep. Isn't that beautiful? Uh, he never speaks of death with the terror that it strikes to some people's hearts. He never speaks of death with the kind of grief that most people feel or talk about. He talks about death like it's no big deal. You know, it's like he's taking a nap. And, and by the way, we don't have to fear death. Can I tell you this morning that death isn't any big deal? It, it's no big deal. All death is is just the uh, opportunity for you and me to transition from this life to the next life. And that's a good one. Because we're going to trade a broken down body for a glorified body. Amen. So you don't have to be afraid of death. But look what Jesus now says in this 15th verse. And I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there. I'm, I'm glad that I didn't get there and heal him before he died. Isn't that strange? But then he tells him why. I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there, that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go to him. You know what that tells me? 
that tells me that at this point in the ministry of Jesus, even those 12 disciples who were traveling with him day and night and in full-time service in his evangelistic ministry, they still were not 100% completely convinced that he was who he said he was. There was still some questions. There was still some ambivalence in some areas of his ministry. They'd seen him turn water to wine. They'd seen him heal the sick. But Jesus said, I'm about to, I'm about to take your faith to a whole nother level. And that, that, that was the purpose. We'll see the purpose accomplished in just a moment. But that, that was the purpose. He said, I am glad for your sakes that I was not there. It was for their sake, not for his sake, not for Lazarus' sake, not for Mary and Martha's sake. But it was for the sake of the disciples that Jesus delayed his journey until Lazarus was dead, buried, and, uh, <laughs> and put away so long that there was no way that anybody would believe that he could have come back from the dead without a miracle. Uh, let me explain that. There were some people in that day who believed that the spirit swooned, they called it, over the body for three days before it left. So you can see why Jesus let this go on four days. Because even those who believe that you might wake up out of sleep or out of even death because you, they, they, they had this theory, this, this belief that the Spirit swooned over them for three days. By waiting four days, and, and one of the reasons why they believe that there's no way that the Spirit could re-enter at that point because by four days, the body is starting to decompose, break down, um, as, as we shall see in just a moment. So Jesus delays his journey and then we see in verses 33 to 39 that his purpose is accomplished. Here's the scripture. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews came with her weeping, he groaned in his spirit and was troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? They said unto him, Lord, come and see. And Jesus wept. He wept with them because he felt their pain and their grief as they are sorrowing there. Can I say to you this morning that whatever you're going through, Jesus feels. He not only knows what you're going through, he feels what you're going through. Book of Hebrews tells us that we have not uh, a, a, an intercessor or, a, or, or a, an advocate with the Father that can't be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. He feels what we feel. He, he, can, he knows what you're going through today. Jesus was always moved with compassion. That's a feeling for the needs of somebody else. So he feels what you're going through today. Um, it, so Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. And some of them said, could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus again groaning in himself came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him who was dead said to him, Lord, by now there's a stench for he has been dead four days. Now, when he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. 
And he who had died came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said to them, Loose him and let him go. Then many of the Jews who had come to Mary and had seen these things that Jesus did, look at this, believed on him. Not only were the disciples taken to another level. Now, like I said, they'd seen him turn water to wine. They'd seen him heal the sick. They'd seen many miracles. But brother, that, 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 this was on a whole nother level. How many of you believe that raising somebody from dead is a pretty big deal? Amen. Especially if somebody's been dead for four days. This is a big deal. So, so it helped the disciples that were, may have been a little bit still unsure. It, it pretty well cemented it with them. It took their level of fa- their faith to another level. They believed. But not only did they believe, but here's all these Jews at Bethany. They'd been in town when Jesus had come to town before. He'd come through there many, many times. And they'd, they had seen many miracles that he had. And they even agreed that he could do miracles because one of them said, could, could, could he that opened blinded eyes? I mean, they, they saw him open blind eyes. Couldn't he have healed this man? Well, but after he raised him from the dead, they didn't have any doubt then. Not only could he heal him, but he could raise him from the dead. I want to tell you something this morning. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. That's why death is no big deal. Jesus has conquered it for the glory of God. Amen. Amen. Now, there were some that believed. That was, that was great. That's fantastic. But there were others, and most of them were religious leaders, chief priests being one, and a lot of the scribes and the elders. They, uh, they did not believe in Jesus. In fact, they desired to kill Jesus. And, and this is one of the, I, I think it's a humorous spot in the gospel. It is to me. Maybe it won't be funny to you, but it, it always strikes me as funny every time I read it. If you read on into chapter 12, you get to verse 10. It says, but the chief priest plotted to put Lazarus to death also. <laughs> Can you think anything? Jesus just raised him from the dead and they want to kill him. They want him to die twice. Well, if Jesus just raised him from the dead, what do you think he'd do if he killed him? He'd just raise him again. I mean, my goodness. How, how, (laughs) but they wanted to shut his testimony down. They thought this guy's testifying that he'd been raised from the dead. Why don't we kill him? And Jesus is still in town. All he does is raise him again. But uh, anyway, just shows you how ridiculous, how blind people can be to the power of God when it's been manifest right in, their, right in their midst. But we will learn something from the story. We don't, don't want to just rehearse a Bible story to you that you already know about. I want you to get something out of this. What to do when there is delay. And to explain this, I want, I want to take another little instance. I won't read all of it like I did this one. But over in Luke chapter um, 8, verses 41 to 46, there's a story that you're also familiar with. And it's, it's about Jairus and his daughter. He had a 12-year-old daughter that was very, very sick. And Jairus, who was a, a, a military man, a leader, um, he was um, 
he, he came to Jesus and he said, Jesus, would you be kind enough to come to my house? I believe that if you'd lay hands on my daughter, she'd live. She's very sick, little 12 year old girl. And, uh, and, and that, that's, that's where his faith was. That's what he asked Jesus to do. And by the way, Jesus agrees to go with her, with him to heal her. He, he agrees to go. But on the way, you, again, you know this story. On the way to the house of Jairus, there is a woman that's been sick, spent everything she owned on doctors and didn't get any better. In fact, was getting worse. She'd spent all of her living. So whatever her life savings was, whatever possession she owned, I'm sure she'd turned everything into money and she had paid doctors and the doctors had failed time and time again. And, and she is in a dying condition. She can't go on forever like this. She's been sick for 12 years. And, uh, and, and she said, when she heard that Jesus was coming by there, she said, if I can but touch the hem of his garment, I believe I'll be well, I believe I'll be healed. And so she came in the crowd, probably had to get down on her knees and crawl through to try to get close enough to Jesus to reach out and touch the hem of his garment. But she reached out and got a hold of the hem of his garment. And when she did, you know what happened? She was instantly healed. But Jesus stopped. He said to his disciples, somebody touched me. Who touched me? And the disciples said, well, Jesus, the crowd is thronging around you and everybody's bumping into you. How, how do you think we would know who touched you? We don't know who touched you. Jesus said, no, 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 no. I'm not talking about who bumped into me. I, somebody has touched me with faith and has made a withdrawal of my healing power. I felt the virtue when it left my body and went into whoever this is. And he looked around, and I'm sure the crowd just starts scattering them because Jesus is asking who it is that touched me. And anybody's close enough to touch him, they get back out of the way. And then here's this little woman, probably on her knees in front of Jesus. And she looks up at Jesus and tells him the whole story of what had happened. And Jesus complimented her for her faith. In fact, Jesus even said, daughter, your faith has made you whole. Because, because you exercised your faith, because you demonstrated your faith by active, actively engaging in what you believed in and demonstrating what you believed in, you touched the hem of my garment, your faith has made you whole. Now, back to what was going on. Jesus was on his way to the home of Jairus. And this incident here stops him. It causes a delay. I don't know how long that delay was, but, but it was more than just a minute or two. This, this whole thing may have taken 15 or 20 minutes. I don't know how long it took to identify the woman, for her to give her testimony, for Jesus to minister to her. But while this is going on, this delay, in other words, Jairus' daughter is home very, very ill. Time is expedient. They need to get to her house so Jesus can heal her. And yet while this delay is going on, one of the servants from Jairus' house comes in the crowd, comes up close to Jairus, and speaks to him in his ear and said, 
Don't trouble the master or the teacher any further. Your little daughter has died. She's dead. She's dead. Can you imagine getting that kind of news? Can, can, can you imagine what the thoughts that must have rushed through Jairus' mind? I, I don't know that he thought this, but, but I'm just assuming that he did. I, I, I think I would have thought that. I think most of us would have thought that. I think most of us would have thought to ourselves, if it hadn't been for this little woman slowing things down, maybe Jesus could have gotten there in time to heal her. You see, Jairus' faith was at this level right here. His level of faith was, I believe, and he told Jesus this, I believe if you'll come and lay hands on her, she will be healed. That's the level of his faith right there. And so they tell him, you don't even need to trouble the master anymore. In other words, your level of faith, it, it, it's the situation is beyond your level of faith right now because now she's dead. But look what Jesus said to him. I love this. Here's the instruction of Jesus. Luke chapter 8, verse 50. Look at this. But when Jesus heard it, he heard what they said to Jairus. When he heard it, he answered him saying, do not be afraid, only believe, and she will be made well. Glory to God. What a message from Jesus. First of all, don't let fear get a hold of you. Those of you that are in a holding pattern right now, those of you that are waiting for an answer to prayer, you don't understand why it hasn't already come. You're in a situation of delay. It's kind of like being on an airplane trying to get in Atlanta at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. It's the busiest airport in the world at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. And most of the time, at least that's been my experience, when you're coming into Atlanta anytime between about 3 and 6, you're going to wind up in a holding pattern. They're going to put you in a, and what that means is you're going to, you're going to circle around. You're going, to fly, you're going to fly down over Macon. You're going to come back over around close to Augusta and back around. And, and, and you're going to stay in that little that circle. You're just going to keep going around in circles until they can get another one in and another one in. You'll drop down a little bit and go around again. They'll get another one in. You'll drop down some more. You'll go around again. And, and anybody ever been in that? The holding pattern on an airplane. Isn't that frustrating? I, I, I don't like those holding patterns. Because all kind of stuff starts trying to run through my mind. I have to rebuke fear too. Because first thing I think about is, have we got enough fuel to just go round and round? <laughs> and how long is this roundabout going to go, you know? How long are we going to keep going in circles up here? And, and I, I, I think some of you may be in a holding pattern this morning. And I want to tell you, if that's you in your situation, do not allow fear to get a hold of you. Don't be afraid. That's what Jesus said. Don't be afraid just because it hadn't worked out like you thought it would, as quick as you thought it should. Don't be afraid. Only believe and she will be made well. Jesus gave him something to attach his faith to. That's all he needed right there. He's got a word from Jesus. Jesus said she's going to be well. Can I tell you this morning, when you get a word from the Lord, you can, you can take it to the bank. Amen. When you get a word from the Lord, I don't care who 
doesn't believe it. I don't care who denies it. I don't care who comes against you with it. I don't care what the devil tries to tell you or sell you. You can just rebuke him. When you got a word from God, that's all it takes right there. That's, that's it. Man, when you got a word from God, Jairus got a word from God. She's going to be well. Years ago, you may remember this. Some of you may even had this bumper sticker on your car. I don't know. You may, any of you remember that bumper sticker that says, Jesus said it, I believe it, that settles it. Anybody remember that one? Yeah. They even had some billboards had that on there. Jesus said it, I believe it, that settles it. Every time I see, would see that, I would think, you know, that's really nice, but it's got way too many words in it. Now, let me tell you what I mean. They could have taken out that center part of it altogether. They could have just said, Jesus said it, that settles it. Because if Jesus said it, it doesn't matter whether you believe it or not, it's settled. Amen. His word is forever settled in the heavens. And it's not, amen. His word is settled. Jesus said it. So let me give you, and I'll close with this. This is my third and final point of this message this morning. Here are the lessons that we need to learn about waiting. Number one, and it's the title of this message, delay is not denial. Say that with me. Delay is not denial. Say it one more time. Delay is not denial. Just because you're in a holding pattern does not mean that God has denied your request. Don't ever think that. Don't ever think that. Second thing, the key is to keep believing. In other words, keep your face strong. Don't, it's what, what, what Jesus said about Lazarus. He said, in fact, he told Mary and Martha, he said, he that believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. He told, said, I am the resurrection and the life. Glory to God. You, you're not going to lose out just because I'm four days later and you thought I should be here. You just keep believing. He said to Jairus, do not be afraid, only believe. Just, just keep believing. Keep believing. Keep believing. And the third thing that we need to understand, there's a reason for this. And it's because God is concerned about the process. In fact, God is just as concerned, and I think sometimes maybe even more concerned about the process than he is the outcome. He knows the end from the beginning. God's not shaken by the magnitude of our difficulties or our situations. He's not, he's not fearful. He's not bent out of shape. He doesn't, you know, he, he's fine with, uh, with, with whatever's going on there. He's fine with it. But there is a process, and in that process, he is teaching us something for our good and his glory. Let, let me give you a verse of Scripture from James, a couple verses from James chapter 1, verses 2 to 4. Look at this. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. 
Can I tell you this morning that your heavenly father's desire for you is that you reach a place in him where you don't lack anything, where you lack nothing, every need supplied, every need met. And, and so, so when you're in the middle of a trial, James said, take a different view than everybody else takes of trials. He said, when, you, when you're in the midst of a trial, say, praise the Lord. Glory to God. God's doing something here. I may not be able to see it. I may not be able to understand it. It may be difficult right now, but praise God. God's still in control. God has not forgotten me. God is concerned about me, and he's doing something for my good and for his glory. The process, the process, it's not always easy, not always easy. One of the strongest mission works that the Church of God has in the world is in South Africa. Many, many, many years ago, now, uh, goodness, probably five or six decades ago, maybe longer than that, uh, a man in South Africa tried to start a work. In fact, he did start a work, started a church, and he went year after year after year if i'm not mistaken he was faithful for 18 years before he got a breakthrough in other words he had a little bit of church with a little handful of people and for 18 years they kept struggling and struggling and struggling but he never lost faith and he never gave up and all of a sudden after 18 years there was a breakthrough and there was an explosion that resulted not just in hundreds of people, not just in thousands of people, not just in tens of thousands of people, but in hundreds of thousands of people and multitudes of churches springing up all over South Africa. And, and, and as I said, one of our strongest works in the world today because of the multiplicity of churches that we have that sprang out of that man's faithfulness. What if he had given up when he was in the holding pattern? What, what if he'd given up? But it was during that time that he trained that group of people that was able to train the next group of the first group of converts that was able to train the next group of converts that was able to train the next group of converts that could pastor the churches that's number into the thousands now as a result of that faithfulness. You see, God's about the process. He sees what you don't see. He knows what you don't know. And he can do what we can't do. Don't ever give up. Amen? Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't give up. Amen. Don't give up. But stand up, will you? Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. What an awesome God we serve. Give him praise. He's worthy. Amen. I want our prayer team to come. You know, this is a wonderful part of the service that we do Sunday after Sunday. And I, I don't ever want us to take it for granted or, or get to the point where it's just so routine that we just kind of go through it as a formality. 
This is the time when you have an opportunity while the Spirit of the Lord is present right here. You know, there's a verse of Scripture in Acts that talks about the presence of the Lord was, was there to heal. And, and I want you to know that the presence of the Lord is here this morning. We sensed it as we worshiped earlier. And he always comes to confirm his word. And he's no respecter of persons. Turn to your neighbor and say, he loves you as much as he loved Lazarus. Amen. Tell him another one. Say, say, say he loves you as much as he did Jairus. Yes. Amen. He's no respecter of persons. He, he cares about you and he cares about your need. And he feels that need. You may be standing here this morning. You may say, preacher, I came in here today and, and I've been struggling with this situation to the point that I've just pretty well lost any hope that anything's ever going to be any different. Pastor Steve talked about that earlier and had us to pray about it in the service today. We, yeah, listen, listen, God, God does care. God is, is here to help you today. And, and what, you, what you need to do is, is get a hold of this and just realize in your spirit that this delay that you've been going through does not mean denial. So don't you give up. You know what Jesus said to Mary and Martha and what Jesus said to Jairus. Believe, believe, just keep believing, just keep believing, just keep believing. Some of you need to come this morning just to kind of renew your faith about whatever that is you've been praying about. Maybe it's a wayward son or daughter, lost child. And the, and the enemy would like for you to just give up and say, don't, don't look like my family's ever going to change. That's a lie straight out of hell. God can change it today. Don't you give up. Come and reconfirm that. If you're unsaved this morning, come and give your heart to Jesus. If you're backslidden today, come on back home into the fellowship of the Lord. The Father's waiting for you with open arms. If you need healing for your body, come this morning. Pray. You say, well, I've been prayed for before. Get prayed for again. Amen. Amen. If you don't have your answer yet, don't stop asking. Don't stop believing. Don't stop confirming your faith. Come on and stand on it. If you want somebody to pray with you or for you, there are people here that will do that. Or if you want to find a place just to pray, just you and God, it's a time for fellowship with him. Feel free from the back to the front, whatever your need may be today, feel free to come and let the Lord minister to you. Let the Holy Spirit speak comfort and courage and strength to your life today. And remember that delay is not denial. In Jesus' name.